Gents, 100 episodes. Happy hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> For some of us. I mean, we're, not, we're, hard, we're hardly, uh, we're hardly uh, blowing, bloody, blowing out the candles and getting all excited because I'm sure people are probably sitting there thinking, Jesus Christ, 100 episodes. <laughs> I've sat through 100 episodes with these guys. But, I'm, I'm sure no one has. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's a 25 to 30 mark, usually. <laughs> it's a tolerance level. It is our 100th episode and we're going to break it into three different parts. Uh, so it's going to be yeah, three different films covered over a week. We're going to cover the re- the slasher remakes. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th and Halloween. We're going to kick it off with Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010. But before we get started, let's have a quick whip round to see what everyone's been watching. We haven't um, done this for a few weeks, so might be able to, might have a few up the sleeve. But uh, Gibbo, what have you got, mate? Uh, not a great deal, <coughs> which is probably good for this. Um... I've been kicking into Better Call Saul again. Um, still good. It's a very slow burn, though. Like, unless you actually really like it, I don't see it dragging people in. Um, but if you like that world, it's pretty good. I watched Sing with the kids. Kids' movies are just really right. good now. Yeah, yeah they're just, oh, I like that. Everything's just tolerable. It's not You're not, yeah. like, having to sit through it and be like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, adults can sit there and be engaged and be like, yeah, this is worthwhile. I was just happy to it's have... certainly me. not often when you go, this is shit. Like, yeah. You know, no. You go to see a kid. I was just uh, happy to have McConaughey's voice in, a, in an animated movie. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> and he's a good character, <laughs> yeah. that, too. Yeah. I watched that. I uh, watched it in Finding Dory. So, very similar sort of thing. Um... Yeah, not much to say about it. I'm sure you guys know what they are, especially poor old Coxie over here with two small children. Oh, I've seen all of them, mate. <laughs> Love them. Love them all. Uh, revisited uh, Rambo. The the fourth one? The, yeah, like the most recent one. Mate, I, I enjoyed that like shit. It, oh, it gets a lot of bad raps. I, I loved it. I don't know why everyone hates it so much. And I'll tell so you good. what, mate, Stallone can shoot an action scene with the best of them. There's yeah. a couple of real gems in it. And some are just like, like he's had in, his, uh, in the Rocky Balboa and in Rambo, he has these just... Oh, sort of not really iconic, but just really like true to the character speeches. Yeah. And in that one where he does the, you know, when he, when it comes to when he when push comes to shovel, where he says, um, you know, killing's as easy as breathing. Yeah. That's just like Rambo in a nutshell. Yeah. And I don't. I, what I don't like is a stringy mullet. Don't bring that <laughs> shit back. It's flowing. At least he has the headband. Yeah. It's thonged hair. It is tied on. Yeah. It's, it's a strange. There's a bit of boot polish in there. Too. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Carl Boozer in there. <laughs> I watched that just for no reason. I was just bored one day. And then I, was, I started watching The Gambler. I haven't actually finished it yet. Um, the Mark Wahlberg one. Yeah. It's sort of a weird movie. It's just not really about anything. It's like this guy's just got a gambling problem. But I'm only probably like three quarters of the way through it. And it's just, uh, I could not recommend. No. Could not recommend. But um, that's pretty much it for me. Nothing else interesting. <clears throat> All right, Jared. All right. I went to see Power Rangers. <laughs> actually pretty good. I really liked it. It's funny because they, you know, Power Rangers has got a history of um, being a little bit um, tone deaf with the with the diversity and the sensitivity. Like, you know, the original one, the Black Ranger was black, and the the Yellow Ranger was Asian, and yeah. in the, I believe initially the Red Ranger was going to be American Indian. Right. Okay. And nobody nobody picked up on this. Subtle so piece. they've made a real effort in this one to um to go against that and sort of joke about it a little bit. And then um, one of the Power Rangers is actually autistic too, which was oh, okay. kind of um, – it was a little bit forced at times, but I felt, hey, you know, at least they're trying. It was it was very interesting. But, yeah, it was actually kind of cool for, for a sort of kids' action kind of movie. It was a little bit darker, but it had a, had a bit of comedy and retained a bit of that silliness about it. I, I thought it was good. I uh, saw Lego Batman. Which was again very enjoyable. Not not as good as the Lego Movie. I was probably a little bit let down because you know being a Batman fan, I was pretty keen for this one to be ten out of ten, and it wasn't it wasn't quite there, but definitely a recommend. I finished up Iron Fist. Did it get any better? <sighs> no. It, it, there was a couple of interesting characters late, but again, there's sort of everyone's pulled in. Like Danny Rand's pulled in about 15 different directions. The bad guy or, or the big bad seems to change every episode. You think it's someone else, and that's not a good thing. Like the other thing too is in the long run, I don't actually think the diversity thing was as bad as it was made out to be. I think they tried to stay pretty true to the character and tried to add a little bit in there. Like obviously Colin Wing is Asian. They had one of his one of his uh, the blokes that comes through with Danny Rand is is like kind of looks Middle Eastern or something. Like there's a uh, uh, two of the other villains uh, are. Asian and again like I don't know what Bakudo was but he was kind of 
He looks sort of Mediterranean. Yeah, Mediterranean yeah. as well. So I, I actually didn't think that was as big of an issue. I think it was the, the ingrained sort of stuff that's with the character that it came out of a time when a lot of that was pretty insensitive. And mm. I thought they just stuck with that and did their best with it. But Danny Rand is just... He's just a pain in the ass to watch for 13 episodes. It's really Is this going. a write-off? Like... Yeah, you know, if you put him in the defenders, and they, maybe they that's put where him he in the stays. Same world. That's what I mean. They've, they've sort of already like they're they're already in the same boat with all their other main characters. Yeah, I know, like, yeah, but I guess what I mean is this season has kind of proved maybe the defenders is where he should be and stay. Maybe uh, well, look, you know what? I think um, my previous experience with him has been mostly with team stuff, hmm. but Danny Rand is kind of amusing. And they team him up with Luke Cage, like Power Man and Iron Fist are, are like a team. In, in There's actually comics that are just those two and that sort of thing. But I can't see that here because Danny Rand is a fucking humorless prick. He's just... <laughs> he's he's a no chore. He's an absolute chore to yeah. watch. And um, the character is just so... I heard it described as he's got no... You don't know what he wants, and it's so true. You're mm. watching from episode to episode, and I've got no idea what he's actually doing. Like, So, yeah, I, I think there is still good things. I, I'd be happy to see a lot more Colleen Wing in in Defenders and shows like that, but, yeah, not sure how... Unless gonna... she's believable in the, the fight choreography and stuff. Yeah, like, she was quite they good. They have to do so much just trickery with the cuts yeah. and stuff to try and make him a martial artist. Well, didn't, they have, not. didn't they have, like, a... They, they dissected a fight scene on... on a website somewhere, and it was like a, a twenty second fight scene, like and there was like fifty cuts, cuts or yeah. something. That's the fight scene in. He's in like a records room with the yeah. stacking shelves. I and think stuff. so. And if, I went back and watched that scene, and it's amazing how much cuts there. Like, yeah. it's, as soon as he starts to throw a punch, it cuts away, and then as soon as he like, yeah, you can't do fight scenes like that. You, you can't hide that. Like people know too no. much about how they should be done now. Yeah. So again, even cut. on telly, you mm. know, like you know, we say that you know movies well, are a bigger man. budget, they but things like Bad Daredevil were good. I think Luke Cage and Jessica Jones had a couple of fights that were quite well, decent. impressive. But like that Daredevil, they had that big like single shot one they did in yeah, that hallway, the similar to the one yeah. they did in the raid. Yeah. If they if Marvel's doing that and then they go into this and having to like maybe they just casted him wrong. Like if the guy can't do it or if they're not giving him the time to learn the choreography or do it properly, you made a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, you can't imagine him. He's supposed to be a martial artist. You can't imagine him <clears throat> doing that two minutes without a cut. Like, no. It's just no really way. terrible. I guess the thing I've yeah, you didn't you say he was learning choreography like the day before or something like that? Fifteen well, minutes. That's, yeah, Fifteen minutes before shooting. To me, that's Marvel's fault. That's yeah, yeah. Like you can't you can't expect someone to do that. 15 minutes before they're about yeah. to shoot the scene. And I think, like, I gave him a pass for that because, <clears throat> as as you said, that sounds totally like Marvel's fault. You should have put him in a, in a friggin' training camp yeah, for two months four or, something. or five weeks or a um, few months. But mm. his acting is just, uh, he's he's definitely miscast. The That's the way he's written too because he doesn't say anything of importance. Yeah, it's so just... it's, it's, it's kind of a bit of both, I think. Mm. I got a couple of kids' ones under the belt. Real Ghostbusters showed up on Netflix, so I started reliving my youth a little bit, and my son absolutely loves it. He will not stop watching it. It actually holds up pretty well. It's from that era where it's Ghost of the uh, like Ghost of the Week, Monster of the Week sort of stuff, but it's pretty yeah, it's pretty entertaining. Um, the other one I got to was the latest season of Ninja Turtles. I can't stress how much I love that show. It's <laughs> got to be the best kids show going at the moment. It's so like I've told you guys about how it's got horror movie references and things like that, but they have so many damn references to to like other movies, but then also their own history. Like they take the ridiculous characters for, that were action figures that never made shows, or or they take you know characters from the original that were a bit dumb and find really funny ways to put them in there. But they even take the piss out of themselves. Like this season, they had Super Shredder. Like they took Super Shredder from Ninja Turtles two and referenced all that, used the garbage truck and everything. An episode that I watched today with my son, do you guys remember, it was in the preview, but the first Turtles movie, they get in an elevator when they go into the final battle. Yeah, the and they start beatboxing, beatboxing yeah. bit, yeah. There's, there's, in the last episode today, Michelangelo, they get in an elevator and the shot is identical and Michelangelo starts tapping his nunchucks. MC, mate. Yeah, Raphael knocks him out. <laughs> I, was like, that, I started, I burst out laughing and my son kind of missed it and was yeah. like, you know, I don't know what you're laughing at, but I was like, that is just the best reference. Like, oh, yeah. the way that they do it is just so, it's such a funny show and the storylines are actually pretty cool. So, yeah, if you've got kids, you've got to you got to watch it. I'll it's, still get Dylan onto it. It's so good. Red State. Look, I'm not a huge Kevin Smith fan, and this had some issues, but first hour or, hour or so is really interesting because Michael Park's in there, and he's just given moments to just talk for about five minutes at a time. Um, 
and I could just watch him all day. He's just like an acting workshop, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, he's good. And it was an interesting premise, how they're kind of like the Woodsboro Baptist kind of thing. I found that really interesting. So, uh, yeah, definitely worth a look. I watched The Invitation. Oh, yeah, what was that like? That was on a lot of horror <laughs> top ten lists. Yeah, it wasn't for me. It wasn't my sort of thing. I felt it, it took a long, long time to get to where it was going, and it was a bit unsatisfying for me at the end. I didn't feel like it was worth the kind of slow burn in a way, so I couldn't I couldn't recommend it. I can see why some people would like it, but, yeah, it just it wasn't really for me. And the other one was I watched the first season of Better Call Saul. So I think I'd agree with you, but I think it's... um. If you like Breaking Bad, it's kind of must-see almost. Like yeah. Bob Odenkirk is fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic. It's and just a re- it's a lot of um, core, like a lot of law, like yeah, legal process a lot stuff of law stuff. It. But the good thing for me is that there's more comedy, and it comes out of Odenkirk. Odenkirk's brilliant. Yeah, they give him just. I reckon there's a bit. There's a few times where it's ad lib as well. Like hmm. when he's first sort of he comes across Mike Ehrmantraut in where he's working. There's a couple of their interactions early on that are just piss funny, and the opening scene, like the opening sort of 15 minutes of the show, where he's in that courtroom defending these three teenagers, and he's so earnest about it, and he's given it everything, and he's put this speech in, and you think, oh, yeah, gun lawyer. And then the defence team comes in and does nothing, says nothing, but rolls out a video of what these guys did. And when the video starts playing, I was just in hysterics. For about two minutes afterwards, I was just <laughs> laughing it up, and then he goes to collect his cheque, and, you know, they're saying it's 700 bucks, and he's like, it's supposed to be per head. You know, starts yelling about what these guys did. It's just it's one of the most... It's one of the best opening sort of 15 minutes of a show I've yeah, ever seen. I forgot right? about that. Now that you talk about it, I remember that too. Yeah. So uh, that was me. Okay. I had a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. I watched two seasons of Banshee, seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, it's, it's good. There's some really good episodes. But it just seems to be sort of going in the same direction. Every season mm-hmm. um, seems to play out very similar beats relating to... A big boss who he's got to bring down, and then people might find out that he's not actually really the sheriff, and all this stuff. It always happens in every season, mm. and so I'm really struggling. I'm into the final season now. I call that the Walking Dead syndrome. And I've, yeah, a little bit like Walking Dead, just sort of <laughs> repeating season, everything. Yeah. Really well made, really well acted, and everything mm. like that. And there's some fantastic. There's one particular episode that's kind of like Assault on Precinct 13, mm. and it's really, really good. But. It's just I'm I, I've got one season to go. It's like eight episodes, and I'm pretty keen to knock it over and get it done. One and a half. Uh, oh, no, it's on Netflix. They need a one and a half. Yeah. They do. <laughs> I watched Dave Chappelle's first episode. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. They're so Brilliant. good. I watched a. It was one from Platinum Dunes. It was called Project Almanac. It was a found footage time travel film. It had some really great ideas, but the found footage just fucked it up. <laughs> Like, it it just blew it. Like, if you shot it properly, yeah. I would have loved it. But the found footage stuff was just so... It just gets in the way. Mm. Because, you, again, you keep saying to yourself, now, why have they got the camera on mm-hmm. again? Yeah. I read a couple of books just slightly off the topic. You, you would know uh, The Slash of the Titans. Yes. Which is all about the making of Freddy versus Jason mm-hmm. and the number of scripts and everything that were in it that, that took to go through. Classic film. It's really, really interesting. I find that some of the interviews tread the same ground that was yeah. in there earlier on, but it's it's quite well well done. Yeah, I think the way that he structured it, because I, yeah. I read the same thing. And, and he's kind of well. trying to get into everybody who had anything yeah. to do with Freddie Jason. So there's comic books. There's, yeah, and yeah. I like the I like the way he laid it out because I mean it's ten chapters of of drafts that we never heard of, and well we did hear of, but drafts that weren't used. So you're essentially getting a picture of ten different Freddy vs. Jason movies, which is really interesting to read about. Oh, there was I mean, some real shit in some of them. There was some real shit. But, I mean, there was stuff that I'd never heard of in there, like the, the one with the um, tying Freddy to the Aboriginal Australian yeah, what was guy. Yeah, I, I know. I, thought, it I read it and I thought it was, it's quite interesting and it's sort of a natural fit. But, yeah, I love the way that he does the chapter on the script and what was in it yeah. and then does the interviews. Yeah. And sort of asks everyone the same question. Like, he asks a few different questions, but then he asks everyone, what did you think of the final product? And some of them are diplomatic. Other people say, hated it. <laughs> like, I personally believe that the period that was actually the worst was the Rob Boteen Yeah, period, definitely. Where yeah. they had three different scripts. Yeah, and, which were the same script, And they were all the same, the same story, and they were all pretty bad. Yeah. Um, based, one of them was with David Goyer, too, which yeah, you know, I would David have expected Goyer. a bit more. Some really good writers, Ronald D. Moore yeah, yeah. and those sort of guys. Um, that was a good one. 
I actually read one. This is non a non movie book, but it was just it was fantastic. It was called The Sting, and it's about how the cops um, got the bloke who killed Daniel Morecambe right. in an undercover operation, and they go through how they actually did it. Mm. Just incredible, mate. Just the effort, the work. You know, it went for months and months and months, mm. and they basically slowly reeled him in. And got him to do what they needed. Yeah. It was just an incredible piece of work, and it's a great read. The other big one for me... Oh, actually, no, I watched a couple of episodes of Black Mirror. Mm. Weird. Mm. <laughs> Weird Good stuff. Good start. Good start. But a couple of really interesting ideas. Very sci-fi type of ideas. Mm. But the last thing I watched was 13 Reasons Why, mm. the Netflix series. Mm. Really, really good. It keeps um, popping up on my thing and I just have yeah. to look through it. Yeah, it's one of those ones, yeah, it's because it's, it's theirs. It's, it pops up everywhere, like ads. And... It's, they do a really great job. It's quite hard to watch near the end. Mm. There's a couple of really, really difficult sequences in the last couple of episodes that are difficult to watch. Look, some people are up in arms about it, saying it's making out like suicide's a revenge thing and all this sort of stuff. Mm. I don't agree with that, but... There's a conversation to be had, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult topic that maybe it, this this can get some people talking. I, I don't know. But I really enjoyed it, and, and we ended up watching it with Caitlin, and, and she enjoyed it as well. So it's definitely worth looking at. Yep. I thought you were going to watch Sandy Wexler as soon as it dropped. No. Oh. No. <laughs> I've seen you know, the hell out of that. You know what? That's got 40% shit. though on Rotten Tomatoes, hasn't oh, it? Get off. As soon yes. as I saw the, the, like, I saw the, the preview, Netflix, I'm like, it's, no as way. As soon as he opened his the... mouth in that preview, I just went, no, geez. Yeah, same. I watched the no preview way. and I said, this is supposed to highlight some of the good bits. I didn't even smile. I did no. not smile. Just that sequence where he leans against the, the light switch and turns the light off at the end. Yeah. And they're like, did you uh, land uh, on the switch? And and I, and I, I, I remember uh, thinking, is yeah. that meant to be funny? Or Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> no yeah, chance in I hell. I don't get it. Not that. on your life will I be watching that. And I've watched some shit. Yeah, but no way. Look, there'll be a, there'll be a, a night when there's there'll no one else There'll be a night in my life when I'm bored and it'll pop up and I'll just go, yeah, yeah. But the thing is... You're already intrigued. 40% shit. What's different about this one? Ridiculous 6 and do-over didn't get me. So surely Wexler's not going to get me. The do-over's bad, but Ridiculous 6 is abhorrent. It is one of the worst experiences of my life. Yep. The do-over is just dumb, doesn't make any sense, but it's not painful. The Ridiculous 6 is really not... It should never have been shown to humans. It's fucked. <laughs> All right, that's 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 it for me. So let's take a break. Episode 100, part one, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Here's the trailer. I'm having these dreams, but I'm scared. Nightmare on Elm Street starts April 30th. The remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010, directed by Samuel Bayer, who basically made music videos, uh, including Smells Like Teen Spirit. Hmm. No other film credits. Wow. Smells like shit movie. (laughs) (laughs) Produced by Michael Bay, Andrew Foreman, Brad Fuller, who are Platinum Dunes. Written by Wesley Strick, who did Wolf and Cape Fear. So a long time ago. He was writing. And then Eric Hessera, who did The Thing, prequel, and Lights Out. And I believe you read some stuff from him. Yeah, I read an interview with him, yeah. About this. Yeah. It stars Rooney Mara as Nancy, Kyle Gallner as Quentin, Kate Cassidy as Chris, Clancy Brown as Alan, and Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy Krueger. The budget is $35 million. And the box office was 115 worldwide. Made money. Made plenty. Made plenty of money uh, and cost... It, it had a reasonable budget, though, if you're looking at it, in comparison mm. to the others, I believe. The others I thought you were going to say cost some careers. Didn't cost any careers. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Gibbo, just your thoughts, mate. No scores just yet. Just your thoughts. I wasn't, wasn't a big fan. I like some of the actors. I, like, I'm a big Rooney Mara fan. Um, I'm usually a really big Jackie Earl Haley fan. I think they basically raped his career with this one a little bit. He don't, they don't do him any favours. Oh, I think this is easily... Oh, not my least favourite Freddy. That would be too harsh, but it's just not the You right. have seen Freddy's. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I have. It's just... It's, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like the right one. Yeah. It's missing the Robert Englund part, and 
yeah, I just I didn't like. No, there's not part, one part of the movie where I thought, Jesus, I'm having a good time. There's not really a great deal more to say about it. I think the the makeup effects for Freddy were poor. I like the backstory part, like how they tried to explain what actually happened, because that was they sort of touched on it a bunch of times in different movies, but it was still a lot of like a, a lot of ambiguity there. And that that part could have worked. It's just the whole movie. It just I was just cold. Really, didn't get anything out of it. Jared. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Uh, aside for a couple of things, yeah, if not for if not for our mate Freddie's dead, this would be the worst one in the series. Gibbo was spot on. This it's just it just left me numb watching it. There was there was, there was no emotional connection. There was no scares. I'm the same with Jackie Earl Haley. I, I feel like he was a good choice, but he was just left with nothing in regards to the the writing, but also the special effects seemed to restrict what he could actually say and like you know the way he could deliver lines um the one thing i disagree with is the ambiguity i think after they explained it in this one they made some real missteps with the backstory that hamstrung the whole thing so yeah uh fair to say i was not hugely excited by this one i think if i had to sum this up in one word it would be lazy this i remember watching this in the cinema and thinking yeah, look, it wasn't great, but it was all right. I was actually kind of angry watching it this time around <laughs> mm. because my problem with this is Freddy Krueger is the best villain of all of these sorts of films. You have so much to play with. There's mm. a an infinite world to play in. Well, he's the different one. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got he's, he's got so much working for him. He he can talk. He can he's talk. got <laughs> he's got the dream world where anything can happen. Mm. And this is what they deliver. Yeah. Mm. This no, no bog standard stuff that we've seen a thousand times. And they did it. I know why they did it. They did it because this is easy money. We know we're going to get people through the door. The fans will turn up, whether they like it or not. We'll give them what we think they want. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what they gave us, mm. the, the beats that we expected from it. But they botched it mm-hmm. badly, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I agree with Jackie, with both of you in the Jackie Earl Haley front. He is a great choice, but they just gave him no room to operate. And, and you know, you've got an Oscar-nominated actor that you could have given something to do, mm. and you just leave him covered in this stuff that basically looked like he was... His face was melting so far that he's, his mouth was all trapped up. Yeah. Mm. Just, just really, really poor. Can I just say, just to highlight one of the issues of being a passionate horror fan, is I really hated a lot of what they did, um, but I still own a um, Jackie Earl Haley Freddy action figure, of course. <laughs> You're shocking no one with that. Yeah, nobody's surprised, mate. Yeah. All right, let's let's get into some the likes and what we what we felt worked in this one. <clears throat> I didn't think the the start scene was that great. I just love the way you see him with the knife to his throat like that. Um, yeah. And in the dream world, obviously, Freddy's got his hand and mm. then he just kind of goes bang and just cuts his throat up. I thought that was quite brutal and sort of hits you pretty hard when they yeah. do it. Yeah, that was probably the most visually impactful scene. Yeah. And it was done in the first <laughs> five, five minutes. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. As I said before, I think, Jackie, I'm going to I'm gonna kind of cut him a bit of slack a little bit. I yeah. think, thought his performance at times was okay. Yep. And he does actually rise above the, the bad material and, and the makeup. One particular scene that I actually thought he was pretty good was where she wakes up in the classroom mm-hmm. and he's standing the, the up at the um the board. Mm-hmm. Then he turns around and he says to her, um, this won't hurt one little bit. And he goes like that in front of her. Yeah. I thought that was quite menacing. Like that was the yeah. first time I thought, oh, Freddie's actually, yeah, he comes across as quite intimidating. Yeah. Yep. Immediately after that, we we just lose it. Like that was early and on in the film, and then they, they once again he starts talking more, and I think they lose that. Yeah, yeah. Look, if they said <clears throat> if they announced tomorrow that they were making another Nightmare on Elm Street and Jackie Earl Haley was still Freddy, I'd be pretty happy. Like I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I just think yeah, he, he was hamstrung. But yeah, there, there was moments that showed that I think he he could have done the job. Yeah, if it was a better sort of all round. New, make, new makeup artist and a new script. Yeah. And leave, it, leave Jackie L. O'Haley in there. That'd yeah. be fine. Yeah, that, um, that I, could work. I agree with Gibbo 100% too. Rooney Mara was, I, 
Upon review, I think I liked her the first time, but I think she was excellent casting. Mm. Again, not her fault. Like no. she, she was a good choice for Nancy. I think she displayed that kind of the quiet sort of teenager that's got the strength to bring out when it's needed. And I think she was really good when she got a chance to be. Mm. I think visually the film has some merits. There are some striking sequences and things that look good. I, I do like the bit where, when she does wake up in the dream in the classroom and then everything explodes and everyone goes to ash. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was really good. I liked when she um, is running down the hallway and she falls into the puddle of blood. Blood, yeah. And she comes out the bottom into her room, you mm. know, and just sort of like a like almost like a droplet. She sort yeah. of... Yeah. I thought that, that was the only time they took a, a, a... They revised the scene from the first one. In a different way. Yeah, yeah like the like blood coming down from the ceiling yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The, the really room like full of snow where she walks yeah, into a that room was and it's all snowy. Very visually striking. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, some really and and the film's pretty cleanly shot. Mm. Like you know that they, they, they do a really nice job of, of of shooting it well and 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 getting maybe they overdo it a little bit with the colourings. There's a little bit of a little bit too much sort of fluorescent light. In a few of the scenes, yeah. But I most overall, I think visually it has its moments, mm. um, and is reasonably well directed. I didn't mind Jesse's death, the guy who's in prison. Yeah, except for, I, I did. <laughs> a little didn't bit. like it. Discuss. I, I actually didn't mind it because once again, it kind of his hand just sort of bursts out of his chest, and I'll it's quite gory and all that sort of stuff. I'll the lead up, later. I didn't particularly like. Yeah, I'll get to. It's not the it's not the visual elements or the way it was done. It's it's the story context that I thought yeah, was yeah. ridiculous for that one, but. I'll let you have that. Well, I thought I just thought that was striking image. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. much like what's he cutting his throat at the start. Mm. Yep. like it's that striking element. Yep, biggest missed opportunity in the script that provided a couple of moments where you thought this could have been great. Micro naps. Oh yeah, that, that 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 sequence in the pharmacy is the best sequence in the film. Yeah, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's such a great idea. Yeah. And could have been used so well, and in fact, could have been used throughout. They, they lose a, a bunch dot. of times, and it just yeah. doesn't really pan out the same way. And it's the perfect explanation for things like him showing up in the middle of the road and yeah. that sort of thing. And they just they could have used it so much more, mm. which is <clears throat> yeah, it's a real shame because it could have been it could have been built up like when they when they're not sleeping for one or two days, they're sort of they can get by, but then they get to the point where you should be just drifting off while you're bloody. As yeah, soon as you sit down, you know, yeah. pure exhaustion just gets you. And that's where the micro-naps could have really built it up. Like, there's nowhere to run now because we cannot stay awake without at least a micro-nap or something yeah. like that happening. Yeah. And it's it's just... Absolutely. And as you say, you could slowly build. Two days where you can start, yep. Then, you, then you're having micro-naps at certain intervals. Then you're yeah. having them quicker and quicker and quicker. And you just constantly, then you're in the dream world. That's yeah. like, you even do like a strobe thing where he's yeah, like coming at you and you're in and yeah. out of sleep and he's like doing And stuff. that's kind yep. of what they did in the pharmacy. Yeah, they started and it worked to go really, really well. Yeah. yeah. But it could have been, you could have been using it in the car, like things where they, you know, they see him in the middle of the road, but you could have done things before that where they, you know, they're talking to each other, kind of like stir of echoes. And they, you know, shoot. From one side, and all of a sudden, the passenger is Freddy. Yeah. And then they fucking blink, and it's not Freddy. Why couldn't you even have the sort of thing where you're flashing, and so she's in the car and she's micro napping, and in the maybe in the back seat, he's and his hands coming out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. He's play. He's toying with her. Like, mm. what's wrong? This with is that? like a script meeting. They obviously never held yeah. it. <laughs> they missed the they missed the call. And should have definitely had our numbers. We'll send them anyway. <laughs> Could you imagine what we would have put together? <laughs> but seriously, all, all that micro nap stuff, like that, is the bis- the big missed opportunity for me. And I, I thought yeah. that exact same thing. So, because because that scene is is legitimately tense. Yeah. Because. You, but it's too far into the film. Yeah. I think it should have been earlier on. Yeah. And. That would have given us that sense of this or, is what could be happening, bit, yeah. yeah. And then later we bring it back, and they kind of use it. They kind of use it after they've decided that they've got to they've got to do something. It could have been part of the reason that they are forced to do something because you know he's closing the net. I suppose like mm. we know that you just cannot stay awake and stay awake and stay awake. But the micro naps could have played it like you know they really have to act. Yeah. But as you said, by the time they're doing that. The micro naps only come into it when they're already on the way to yeah to try and mm. finish it basically. I did like um and we were sort of just touched on it, but the a lot of the times 
once they're like when they move from being in the real world to the dream world you don't know straight away a lot of the time mm. and so you're sort of in a little bit of like you know in a 50 50 scenario where you're sort of watching you're like shit is he actually here or is it something legit and you know there's bits where they're in the school and she's walking through the hallway and she just just looks and you know something's just not quite right but you mm. don't know if she's in or out yet yeah that that bit was well done, but again, just another missed opportunity where they don't really play on it enough. Well, I, I kind of agree and disagree. I think I've got a dislike towards that mm. too. I mean, I don't I don't have any other major likes. I've got a couple. I, I know I mentioned I disagreed a little bit with Gibbo about the backstory, but there was elements that I liked, and one that I really liked was they actually gave context to the rhyme. Mm. When they, you know, they had Freddie playing at the school yes, and the yes. kids were doing the rhyme like that was his game. Yeah. And that was the first time it was sort of made, well, first I can remember that it was made really explicit like that. And I really liked that. I thought it was cool. It's not, you know, that had been for so long, that's one of the things that, you know, is tied to Freddie. You're going to hear it. It had um, always been there. There always been, been no there. explanation yeah, for it. Yeah, ever. and you, you kind of you could you could fill in the dots yourself, but that was one part I didn't mind being filled in for us. It kind of was... It was sort of creepy the way that it, they showed him at the start, knowing what we know, but then going back and showing him playing this kind of innocent-looking game yeah. with the kids. It was kind of creepy a little bit. I only had one other one, and it was kind of like um, it was like a misdirection kind of where the Katie Cassidy character—I can't remember what her name was. I mean, if you know Nightmare on Elm Street, you know Nancy is the main protagonist. But if you're coming to this movie cold, you'd think for most of the first part of the movie that yeah. Katie Cassidy's character was. Was mm. it, was it Chris, Chris? Chris, yeah, Chris. Chris. Yeah. So when she's just fucking killed, it was like, unless, like I said, it, I just, it, as a, a standalone movie, I think that was a really cool way to do that. Mm. And one mm. of the other movies had the same sort of thing too, where they had that sort of false opening with Yeah, like, I think the, the, the original did very similar. Yeah, yeah the original it was It started Tina. with Tina. Yeah. And then... Uh, this is an effective way to go because you see like this young, fairly, it's like she's not, you know, because in horror movies, if you're the chick that sleeps around, if you're an asshole, that sort of stuff, you're going to get fucked over. She was yeah. a lovely girl. She was mm. innocent, that sort of mm. stuff. She was pretty. Yeah. And she just gets fucking nailed. Yeah. Yeah. That so. was actually, it was intentional um, because they said that uh, it was trying to emulate what they did with Tina in the first one. Mm-hmm. And I did like that to an extent, but there was one, there's one little thing about it that, that bothered me. But yeah, it is effective. Like when you, as you said, with you coming in cold without the knowledge. Yeah. It can be quite a shake up. You're like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it's the Game of Thrones effect where yeah, like, oh, yeah. they won't kill me. Oh yeah, shit! Yeah. Anyway, yes. That was all I had for life. What else so. you got? Yeah, my last one was. Um, I think they misfired on most of the recreations, other than when you were talking about the be- the blood spilling into the room. Yeah. The only other one that I really liked was the body bag at the school. Yeah. Because that was the, they they put a little bit of a twist on that one too. But again, it was pretty visually striking, and it was the only moment, oh, one of the few moments where I thought, yeah, that was. Uh, that was very creepy as well. Like just looking at, I think it was Chris, wasn't yeah, it, in the Chris body bag down the hallway, and she's talking while she's in the body bag. I'm like, that's just something sort of morbid yeah. about that. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty ordinary. Uh, and that was, yeah, that was it for me. All right, dislikes. Can I just lead off with Katie Cassidy because <laughs> <laughs> look, I've got, a, I've got, look, I've got a love hate relationship with Katie Cassidy. Because she, well, she's in a lot of things that I like or or want to like, like Arrow, this uh, Harper's Island. Oh, just not sure she can act. She, she can't. I'll tell <laughs> you right now. She's pretty dreadful, and I think she's gotten these roles because, <clears throat> as you said, she's a good-looking girl that can play that kind of innocent sort of. But yeah, she's <laughs> she was pretty much the worst thing about the first season of Arrow. I mean, they quickly shuffled her off to the side and. Yeah. yeah, then they turn into the fucking the canary or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Love-hate relationship. Well, just to probably go a little further into that, I think for all the visually striking elements, the acting is pretty subpar yeah. across the board. When you're going to leave people like really good, solid adult actors like Clancy Brown and Connie Britton and people like that who can give you something if you give them a little bit to work with, mm. but they're just... In the background doing nothing. Like, Clancy yeah. Brown is just given nothing to do Clancy. except be an absolute prick in well, that one scene. He was perfect for that guy. Yeah, Like, yeah. leading the charge against... Exactly. Like, when he's yelling out, Kruger, and all this. You're like, that is perfect, but... Highlighter! that. It was... Um, it's just his head. You can't not see the corger. Like, <laughs> it was... Yeah, I think he was good, but, like you said, hamstrung, like everyone was. Yeah, very Rudy little Mara. to do, basically Rudy stuck Mara 
Kyle Golner. Yeah. I like both of those yeah. guys. Hamstrung. But they're basically just left to Jackie Earl Haley, face strung. He's heavily face strung in that. Just me. He was speaking through half a mouth the whole movie. The opening dream sequence. So this is my negative towards the dream stuff. In the original... There were sequences where you did not know at all yeah. that they had changed. Yeah. Um, one in particular that I remember so well, it's one of the best jump scares in the whole movie, she goes into the dream, tries to sees Rod die, wakes up, and she, she runs to her mirror and starts going, it's just a dream, it's just a dream, just a dream. and he goes, and comes through the mirror. Mm. You, you can't tell. Like, they don't change the lighting, they don't do anything. You can't tell it's a, a Even dream. Even just the weird stuff like... Um Oh, I'm going to sound like a terrible fan of the series here, but I can't remember which one it is. I think it was Nancy, and I think it was in the first one where she goes outside and there's just a goat. Yeah. And you're like, that's weird, but that might be a sign that we're in a dream now. And, like, little things like that where you just you don't know until yeah. something like that happens. But, yeah, I agree. that the, Especially one, the first one, you knew from yeah, for minute, minute one. one he was in a dream. As soon um, as they show the opening shot of the diner, and it's got the red and green lights, and it looks mm. a bit like Freddy. And then we go in. There's no one in there. Yeah. And, and again, then he walks into the kitchen, and you get the blurred. And I'm yeah. just thinking, what? What are you doing? And you know, like as Gibbo said, the effective ones in this movie, which are few and far between, are the ones where you don't yeah. know. You're left guessing yeah. for a while. But I'm <clears> just thinking, you are you have kicked this movie off. You have played your cards. We're immediately in a dream sequence when we know it. Mm. And then you have Freddie sneaking up behind him, going, and, and you know, flicking his claw. And it's like, what are you, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, that move just, wasn't bad. Yeah. That was kind of something. But it's like, just so heavy handed. Yeah, the way yeah. They if that do had it. been done after you'd gone through a scene of not knowing, yeah. and then you see Freddie doing that, like it would have been. Because that's the sort of stuff Robert England yeah, did. Yeah, he gave yeah. it those little ticks and yeah. stuff like that. But. After you had just been shocked, oh shit, here's Freddy. And then he's. <clears throat> this one, you were just like, where is he? Come on, yeah. come on out. <laughs> yeah. Or even later on, when, like, how many times is he going to drag his knives along steel and make yeah, sparks? Yeah. That's yeah. not how that shit works. Yeah, exactly. And they did that, they overdid <clears throat> that to the like hill. Three different instances that it's just overplayed. I completely forgot what I was going to say then. It was going to be really good, I promise. <laughs> that CGI... That's what they said about the movies, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, the CGI wall where he comes through the wall. Oh, that oh, is just thing. absolutely tragic. That is a travesty. Considering Wes Craven did it with latex. Yeah. It just yeah, brings someone's head it looked like um, it looked like that old what was that old TV show reboot or something like that. It looked like computer graphics from that sort of era. Yeah, it was just no, it was terrible. really bad. Like I'm not sure why they even put that in there. I like, actually have. If it, I'd um, looked at that after I'd shot the film, I was just gone. We're cutting that out. Yeah, yeah. leave it out, guys. It yeah. was deplorable, and not, it was shoehorned. Yeah, because it's not even part of the scene. Like it's just it's not threatening. It's just like oh, they did this in one of the movies. Let's do this. It was yeah. kind of crazy. Well, that's, that's and that was kind of the hallmark of the whole. They the actually whole they, they they shoehorned in ninety percent of those shots. They did from yeah. the original. Mm. Her, the, the hand in the bathtub, Freddie coming through the wall. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of others I, that they pop up with skipping kids and all that stuff. It's yeah. just crammed in there because yeah, you know, the pitch meeting would have gone. Well, we need all this in there. Yeah. But That's you don't need all that. No. You was, don't. And it's the, the effective ones were where they put their own twist on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming back to Katie Cassidy again just before <laughs> she got killed off. Look, I know what it's like when you get tired. Um, Gibbo can attest to finding me asleep on a dishwasher one day at work. I have been tired in my life before. Um, one place I would never fall asleep is in a fu- at a funeral. No. Especially when I'm sitting at the front. I'm stab- I'm, I'm doing things like stamping on my own foot or something yeah. to make sure I'm not the person Pinching in the front row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> sitting on one of my balls. <laughs> I'm not going to do that guy. As I'm about to fall asleep. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> no, I am, I'm not fully asleep there. And the, the second thing that, that that leads to in that scene is the way that she gets caught up in the mystery is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Remember when she comes up to Nancy and the line, I believe the line word for word is, you're not real. Do you know what that means? Like, what? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Definitely, I'll be asking me that yeah, question. Yeah, don't talk to me. And then, and then she comes out with, she's talking about um, the big fella that cuts his own throat, and she goes, "It's like somebody made him do it. 
but there was nobody there. And it's supposed to be like this real, you know, gut punch moment. And you're just looking at it going, who wrote this? I specifically like, remember that scene and also, going, this is cringy. But also, we'd see that there was someone. <laughs> it wasn't a surprise to the audience. No, exactly. So why are you putting that in there? Yeah, it's sort of like... It's really that, character. Oh, and like, God. Nancy needed to know. Oh, my God. No, it's dumb. And again, they did some of this in the original. But it was just handled so much better. Like, none of these lines like that were coming out. They were, oh, just. I actually think the worst part of this entire film is that you never really get the sense that these people are friends. Like, at or no point do we have any sequences where they're hanging out, chatting. People would argue you don't need it. But the original does it really well. They're already hit that. They've had some dreams, some nightmares. Mm. But everything's fine. Yeah. And then they're acting like normal people. Suddenly Tina's killed. Yeah. And, and everyone realises something's wrong. Yeah. Mm. But this one, minute one, after old mate's cut his throat, we're at a funeral, see a little kid. But <laughs> 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 he slashes across their shirts and stuff. And I'm like, hang on a second. And then immediately we've got Cody Cassidy going, crapping on with that stuff. Yeah. It was just awful writing. When she was saying lines like that, I'm like... <clears throat> they're going to put you in an institution. <laughs> you cannot, there's, at least in the first one, there was some, you know, they, they sort of hint at there's some doubt and other people are having it. But this one, it's just so ham-fisted because they do that and have lines like that. But then all of a sudden someone's like, oh, he's got he's got um, razors for fingers. And everyone's like, oh, we're having the same dream. <laughs> it's, it's really, I don't know how you get a script like this through and not have somebody in a meeting go, can we just talk about this scene for a second? Because yeah. that doesn't work. Because to me, once again, I come back to the fact that this is lazily and, and haphazardly put together. Because all we need was we need we've got the we just need a product. We've got the the, the <clears throat> Nightmare on Elm Street name. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a product that will get guarantee us decent business, and it did. Mm. It did well, but it's near it's enough rubbish. to budget. So. And, and well, this is how badly the movie is. Viewed upon is that it made money, and nobody, and nobody wants to touch it. Yeah, nobody there's wants no to go talk back of a there. sequel. There's nothing. Um, like normally, normally, um, you know, bad movies will get forgiven if they make cash, and this one made plenty, but nobody <laughs> wants a bar of it. I mean, shit, Xander Cage came back. <laughs> and nobody wanted that. Freddie's still just lingering. Mate. Yeah, I know. I actually think there's probably too many dream sequences. In the first 20 minutes, there's five, <laughs> there's five dream sequences in the first yeah, 20 minutes. It's saturated with dream sequences. And you come out of one, you're like, oh, sweet, we're going to go you know, actually deal with the real world. No, we're back in again. And I think that's the reason why we've got these ridiculous sequences of dialogue is because we want to get to the dream sequences. We're not interested in setting up yeah. the, the Freddy Krueger mythology yeah. well enough. We just want to dive into dream sequences because Samuel Bayer's a visual guy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not worry about anything else. Let's get to the visual. Sam, here's the script. Don't need it. <laughs> Have you got the camera here? Board? That looks super cool. <laughs> Give me some cool lighting. I'm done. <laughs> Can we get someone twerking in the background? I reckon it's oh, like... Uh, oh, yeah, what? I would have seen a day on the set like Austin Powers doing photography. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Going, work it, work it, work it. <laughs> doing all that sort of stuff. They just... I'm spent. <laughs> We've talked about it a little bit, but Freddy's look. Like, I remember watching this initially and I was like, yeah, I'm okay with it. They try to make it look more realistic and whatnot. But again, going back and reviewing it, it's terrible because, like, it doesn't look all that scary. The thing about Robert Englund is he's a little bit creepy looking without the makeup of starters, but he's got this kind of look where it's kind of like a like a evil elf kind of fairy tale sort of thing where he's got this kind of hooked nose and the, the big grin and everything, and it really works. So to go for the realistic-looking burnt face just did away with all that, and it also meant Jackie Haley couldn't give a performance. Like, we, we sort of mentioned he couldn't talk. Like, his lines, all the lines were just mumbled. He couldn't do anything but mumble anything. He couldn't... Like, there was a couple of moments where he got a bit louder and sort of... But it was just all hampered. Yeah. Um, and the whole thing just... And look, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there was a lot of backlash about recasting Freddie. And I'm like, you had, well, had, you had to. You had to go somewhere. You go to an Oscar-nominated actor. It sounded like a home run. Yeah. But then you, you take this approach where 
you want to go for a, a realistic look, which is not required in a movie no. that's as supernatural as this one. Yeah. Why are you trying to bury it into reality? Been, he should have been stylized. Is but. I don't I don't know what you're trying to do there, and. Even England, who had built up this massive reputation as Freddy, mm. you put him in that makeup, you've got the same problem. Yeah. You I still think, can't um, talk. I can't remember exact instances, but I'm pretty sure I read interviews where he was supportive and said, yeah. Jackie Earl Haley's a great actor and I'm 60. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to move on at some point. Exactly. You know, like... and so I had no problem with the casting, and I think he did his absolute best yeah. with what he could do. But this, as the script goes along, he gets more verbose. Mm. And he becomes more and more a pain. Yeah. Every time he spoke, I just kept thinking, I can't feel my face. What about in The Watchman, though? Because it's a similar issue in The Watchman. Well, not a similar issue, but he's got a similar scenario in The Watchman yeah. where his whole face is covered. Yeah. But you don't notice that. No, like, it was mainly it was the half a mouth thing for me. Because yeah. it was they, all sort they, of they did down the burn. Like they did the burn on one side, and it, it like it clearly covered his mouth. Mm. And so he was kind of, that's why, like, he was talking through half a mouth. I think they kind of did a similar thing with that superhero flick, uh, Jonah Hex. Yeah. He had the same He had, like, a split kind of. Yeah, Josh Brolin was in that. Sylvester Stallone's done fine with it his whole career, so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he should be friendly. (laughs) Like Schwarzenegger, he speaks in short sentences. No, 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 put makeup on the wrong side. He'll just be completely fucking mute. He wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'd like to hear him delivering some of those lines. Yeah. You know what I mean? God, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. I'm not going to lie. I found this a real slog to get through. Yeah. yeah. Like, by about half an hour in, I was looking at my <clears> phone <throat> and looking around and, and not, not focusing uh, like I should have been on yeah. the film. Yeah. Because, but, but it didn't hold me. It just didn't hold my no. attention in any way. And because that split protagonist stuff wasn't handled all that well, it was like 40 minutes before we got to Nancy, wasn't it, or something like that? Pretty well, close. Well, that's probably um, the problem she, she with this in comparison to the original is that Tina's side of the things in the original probably only lasts about 20 minutes, and she actually shares the screen with Nancy and all them quite substantially in that 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, she has the to sleep that, over with them and all that. The thing so that really I, you could still see Nancy as the heroine. My problem with it was in the original, it was quicker that we found out that these kids found out something was off. And it wasn't necessarily that they were sharing the dream. It was when Tina gets killed, they see her on the roof and they know that Rod couldn't fucking levitate somebody. Yeah. So there's doubt. This one, we get Chris and we get the guy that gets done for it. Yeah. He gets done in the prison cell with somebody completely disconnected. Yeah. You know, so that Rod angle is just botched. Because it's him and it's him and Chris in the house by themselves. Mm. Nancy and Johnny Depp are there, and so it takes ages for this to be planted. And it's planted like it's so ridiculous. Like Chris says to, I'm really giving Katie Cassidy a kicking, but a lot of this isn't her fault. But she's pretty um, so good on her. (laughs) She's the bit where she's sitting on the bed with the bloke, and they say, you know, the, the the fingers, and she goes. We're having the same dream. He goes, it's not possible. She says, it is possible. I'm sitting there going, I need some convincing. <laughs> okay, we got, we got a detail there, but how is it possible? Have you got some... I don't know, Jared. I'm, I'm comfortable with... It is possible. Okay, then. But then the problem is she gets killed. He gets done for it. He goes to a prison cell with somebody we don't know and gets killed out of everyone's sight. So then everyone's just... Speculate. I, I did oh, have to my, laugh in the prison cell. I believe he gets told to shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That worked for me too. But yeah, it just that's where it went wrong for me is that initially they were going through this together. Yeah. In, in the original, sorry, they were going through this together. And in this one, it just drags it along. Each person does it without somebody else there yeah. to sort of connect it all to Nancy. Well, same as what Adam said before. Like, none of them feel like they're. Like, you've got the creepy dude that's clearly got a, a crush on Rooney Mara's character, yeah, yeah. Nancy. Rooney Mara feels like uh, an outcast sort of character. She doesn't seem like she'd be in any way. Like, Katie Cassidy's like the, uh, I don't know, like the, she, the cheerleader, cheerleader type, type yeah. chick. Lovely girl and everything, but not in the same But Like, she's a, Nancy's a little bit gothy, sort of just a little bit alternative. None of them are in the same circle. No. But they don't even operate in the same circle in the right. film. 
Like no, if you no, watch the exactly. film, they're never connected to each other in no. any way. Yeah, because Kyle Gorn is not, he's not connected. Oh, something happened. Yeah, he's not connected with me. Yeah, I don't even know you. In the original, there's the same sort of angle, like yeah. Johnny Depp's hanging around looking yeah. to kind of, you know, I'm working some angles here, yeah. but she, he's still just kind of a buddy, like the yeah. goofy buddy that's hanging around. Yeah. So they, And even Rod. Rod's a dick stick, but Tina and Nancy are friends, so Rod's in there. Like, it's How all... could you not be friends with Rod when it's up yours and it's boiling <laughs> lawnmower? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> What a way to bring in a character. <laughs> I love it. That is classic. What a guy. This could have used some twirling lawnmowers. Going back to the uh, the shoehorning of the classic scenes, the hand in the bath. Again. It's just for no reason. Mm. It had per- some purpose in the original, and that was no matter where you were, like you could fall asleep anywhere, yeah. and then he could attack. Yeah. It just didn't. It didn't even have that. He didn't pull it down or anything no. like that. It was just what. The and the fuck hand in the is bath this? is just one of those sort of perfect sort of little scenes again they could have just taken that as an inspiration and used it somewhere else yeah. that fit but again it was just a couple of minutes we take this couple of minutes off from the story just to pay homage and it's inferior so yeah. why are we spending so much time on or even it? do a nod to it and then don't have the hand come out yeah, like just have or that something scene, like that. So exactly. Yeah, no, just, just, just have, have the shot from there and then just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, would, that would have played it. <laughs> 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 you know, you're exactly right. You could have done that. Everyone's waiting for that. Everyone that's, you know, seen it is waiting for that. Yeah. So you're sitting on the edge of, edge of your seat and then it doesn't happen. So she gets out of the bath and goes to talk to her mum and when she opens the door, Freddie's like, yeah. just, you know, that's, that's just off the top of our head. It, it's kind of playing with the expectations, yeah, you yeah. still might get a scare out of the people that are coming in fresh, but the people that have seen this know what to expect, and all you're doing is giving us a... It's like Mr. Bean's attempt to recopy that painting in the movie. It's <laughs> kind of like what the recreations are like, you know. It's it's just a, a You're basically just getting a facsimile. Yeah. yeah. It's not, like, oh, yeah, not I've seen this before. This is not interesting. Yeah. I think the two biggest problems with this film, they needed to commit to him being innocent... Yeah, if you yeah, wanted to change it up, yeah, right. That's you couldn't go half in, half out, which which cocked it up. Yeah, yeah. I think it would have worked. Yeah, well, gone, he I was like innocent. That. Well, this this was a big part of the um, the interview that I read with the bloke that wrote it, and he said, because I was always this, this was one of my biggest issues with the movie as well that the on and on again, off again, it shouldn't have been there unless he was innocent. His his angle is. Once you make it a revenge flick, it takes away a lot of what Freddy is about how, you know, he keeps coming back and he's this sort of ultimate evil, like, and how can we be sort of scared? We, we start to root for Freddy if it's a revenge flick, which there's a, there's a point to, but my sort of... I still like that, though. Well, my alternative to that is if he wasn't, it shouldn't have been there because it took up so much time. Mm. And in essence, what that guy said about it being a revenge flick and whatever is why we knew it was never really going to happen. Yeah, but... Yes, it sounds like a revenge flick, but the fact of the matter is he's taking revenge on the kids that... Dobbed him in. Dobbed him in. Yeah. But the original, he was taking revenge on the children of the families that burned him to death. Yeah. So yeah. what's the difference? Well, it is me? different because in the first one he was guilty. So yeah, he but was it, evil, but in, if, 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 if he was done, way, if that happened to him when he was innocent, all of a sudden we don't want Nancy and whatever to beat him. We want Freddie to get some of his revenge. So it's kind of... It is problematic in but that storytelling. But either story way, angle. I think you could have you could have committed and mm. taken a bit more time well, to perhaps work thing. out some of those those issues. If you're if you're brave enough to say this is a standalone piece yeah. and make it like that, well, perhaps we can make it work. Yeah. And that's the twist that you give us as the because fresh take on the material. The fact that he's guilty then leads to the worst part of the movie, and it's that grubby the crap that they give us. That Freddie was never more than a child killer. Like, yeah. Well, this was way the between the lines in the in the original. He was a pedophile. Yeah. yeah. You didn't get told specifically he was. It was never put in there. Even in the subsequent movies. Yeah. He was just a child murderer. He did seedy stuff like you know. There's the one in uh, was it Freddy vs Jason where he's licking yeah, the back licking of the, back of the, the photos, newspaper things, but it's still child killer. Yeah. Okay. So you kind this of just then takes it in the direction yeah. of pedophile with nasty lair. Yeah. And yeah. dirty photos. Which is really seedy. Which was unnecessary. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Completely yeah. unnecessary. That's the only part um, when Gibbo <clears throat> said the backstory was there. I didn't mind a bit of the backstory, but this was the part of it that I hated. I just The ambiguity in that sense really always worked. 
once you went this extra mile, it took it to a place where it's could could it doesn't just, belong just, in this just type of yeah, yeah, you misunderstood what I was talking about. With I was talking about the ambiguity about whether or not he was innocent or not. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not yeah. that. Could, no, just coming back shit. to the innocent yeah. stuff, could they have gone along the lines of something like he was a bastard? Like he was an absolute bastard. Mm. You know, he was a hard drinking prick or something like that. You know, like there were things, qualities about him that made him a real bastard. Yeah. But but that was something that went too far. But I mean, is yeah, I mean, is this because he could still child, be a Is child killer not bad enough? Yeah, for I know. Like, that's why it's one of those things. I know. Like, we know he's evil, guys. You don't have to keep telling us that he's yeah, evil. Yeah. And it know? works. But even, making him the most evil, evil thing you yeah, can find. Yeah, it works even better because it's like you killed my children, eye for an eye. Yeah, I will now kill you, and now Freddy's seeking the like that works. Yeah, you don't need this. You know, all the rest of the stuff about the photos and that, that just took it to an angle where I just didn't, I didn't want... It sounds weird to say because we're talking about horror movies and things like that, but this there's a difference between the popcorn entertainment and this sort of seedy shit. This, if you're addressing this in a movie, it's it's spotlight, not yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, that's right. You know, so that was. It's like what we talked really about with that. action films having messages. Yeah. Horror films don't should not. No, you're wrong. Stay in your lane. This <laughs> sort of stuff. Yeah. To be honest, and you know, like that's kind of the end of my dislikes, but it's a major <clears throat> dislike that. Yeah. Because that just turns him. I know they're trying to go with he's the ultimate evil, like this yeah. is the worst of the worst. Yep. But you just didn't need it. You didn't you need did it. Not need it. Yeah, it was. The, the, that's where that was where Craven's genius was just highlighted again for yeah. me. Is that he knew a little bit of that goes a long way. It's kind of like it's kind of like an element of what the whole Blair Witch movie was. It's like what you don't see, you feel in in your head, and that that's that's your fear that's going to fill that in. Yeah. He left Freddy to some parts of Freddy to the imagination, you know, and that was that was fine. Hmm. Seriously though, who lives in a, who lives in the basement of a school and doesn't get sort of questions, questions asked <laughs> about what they're doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it was really. I had you, you, they were the two biggest problems, but I had another one that's nearly as big for me. Ooh. How does everyone forget? How, how did none of the kids know that they knew each other when they live in the same Yeah, were they lobotomised? They live next... They, they, they live close enough to call them up, yeah, I'm there in a couple of minutes. Like, even if this happened and you got split up to different... Oh, we didn't want you to remember. So, you know, yeah, you got they, split up to different schools. But they were schools. five or six, though. They weren't, like, two years yeah, old. Yeah, exactly. Like, the I, other thing I don't remember is, a lot, but I have memories from when I was, brought, like, four Jared, years old. Why couldn't so, we have brought in something like they brought in the sequels, like Hypnosil? Hypnosil, yeah. exactly. Like, they were all on Hypnosil, exactly. and they'd all forgotten it. So this one... And then, no, 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 no. Let's not watch the old ones. Let's, no. let's just cook up our own shit. But it becomes even... And just steal all the bits yeah, out. It becomes even more problematic cool. because there's a part where Freddy goes, um, he does his mumbling, he's like, your memories are what fills me. And I was just like, no one remembers you. Yeah. None of these kids remember you. Yeah. They don't know. So <laughs> what fuel are they giving you? Like... You're running on empty, mate. <laughs> You're the smell of an early bag, my friend. Well, that was the thing because I don't remember it. Like, I, I don't have the background knowledge with the series as well as you guys do. But I remember one bit where, like, the whole taking back the power by not being afraid of him and yeah. him losing. Yeah, that was the how, end how of the first. How does he get, where, how the entire, he jump off in this one? The entire end of the first movie was, I'm not afraid of you. And she turns her back on him and he disappears. And yeah. that, you know, to ver- the, the, the next movies use that to various, you know, extents. But, like, so in the start of this one, where's his power coming from to kill anybody? I don't no one knows know. who he is exactly. or what he is. Clancy exactly. Brown? Clancy Brown. Just his face? <laughs> I don't know. That, that guy's face is pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, don't... I, I don't know. I don't, again, that's not explained because you just punched a massive hole in it. <laughs> I didn't even think of, but you're correct. They they if try nobody to... remembers it, then how yeah. is he... If a tree falls Where's in the forest yeah. and no one here sees it, did it really fall? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Freddie's there in his dream going, tick, 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 oh, fuck, you know, where's no someone going to show up? This is shit. <laughs> Better have a wank. Yeah, <laughs> um, you're spot on. Like, where, how is he even capable of yeah, getting anyone's dream? that never even occurred to me. That's a really good point. It should have been, it never, if it was the parents or something, it should have been... Something about, you know, the parents remembered him. Like, I understand in the original that they don't really remember him either, but they don't kind of link it like this. Mm. They just sort of start having the dreams and the parents are like, oh, shit, you know. They do that here, but he explicitly states, you, you power me. 
No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else did that. Last, not last time. I <laughs> wasn't me, mate. I didn't leave the light switch on. Yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. It was Elm Street in the next town. Yeah. Mate. I'll just fuck off. <laughs> My bad. I'll see you in the sequel. Is there any other dislikes? No, that was it for me. Okay. All right, that's the that's part one of our hundredth episode in the can. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. Like us on Facebook, Thrill Me Podcast Australia. Or on Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Uh, Even we don't know our own emails. <laughs> well, no one's using it. <laughs> um, it's like Freddie. If, you know, if, if people just don't know oh, it's so there. Exist? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not being fueled. <laughs> if it's not there, it doesn't exist. If no um, one knows it's there. Part two of our 100th episode will be the Friday the 13th remake. But until then, take it easy and we'll catch you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.